0: Hey everybody, it's Miss Akimoto with your next chapter of Island of the Blue Dolphins. So, yesterday, Karana um, was hiding from the Aleuts in her cave and she ended up meeting the girl. And she kind of she like, thought about throwing her spear at her, but then she ended up just sort of talking to her. And when she came, she decided she was going to move her cave, but when she came back to it, um, the girl had left a necklace for her. So, we're going to see what happens in chapter 22. I did not go back into the cave, nor did I take the necklace from the rock. That night, I slept on the headland at the place where I'd left my baskets. At dawn, I went back to the ravine. There I hid myself on a bushy ledge. It was near the spring from where I could see the mouth of the cave. The sun rose and shone through the ravine. I could see the necklace lying on the rock. The stones looked blacker than they had in the darkness, and there were many of them. I wanted to go down to the cave and count them, to see if they would make two loops around my neck, but I did not leave my ledge. I stayed there all morning. The sun was high when Rontu barked, and I heard steps below me. The girl came out of the brush singing. She walked to the cave, but when she saw the necklace lying on the rock, she grew quiet. She picked up the necklace and put it down again, and peered into the mouth of the cave. Two of my baskets were still there. Then she went from the spring and drank from it and started off through the brush. I jumped to my feet, to talk, I cried, running down the ravine, to talk. She came out of the brush so quickly that she must have been waiting nearby to see if I would return. I ran to the rock and put on the necklace and turned around for her to admire it. The beads made not two loops, but three. They were long and oval instead of round, which is a very hard shape to make and takes much skill. Winchas, she said wincha i said after her this word strange on my tongue then i said the word that meant pretty in our language Wintai, she said and laughed because this was strange to her she touched the necklace giving the word for it and i gave mine we pointed out other things the spring the cave a gull flying the sun the sky Ron to a sleep training the names for them and laughing because they were so different we sat on the rock until the sun was in the west and played this game then, Tutok rose and made a gesture of farewell. Mane, she said, and waited to hear my name. Wanapele, I answered, which I have said means the girl with long black hair. I did not tell her my secret name. Mane, Wanapele, she said. Pusaino, Tutok, I said. I watched her go through the brush. I stood for a long time listening to her footsteps until I could hear them no more. Then I went to the headland and brought the baskets back to the cave. Tutok came again the next day. We sat on the rock in the bright sun, trading words and laughing. The sun went fast in the sky. The time came soon when she would have to leave, but she returned on that day and that followed. It was on this day when she was leaving that I told her my secret name. Karana, I said, pointing to myself. She repeated the word, but she did not understand what it meant. Wanapele, she said, frowning. I shook my head. Pointing again to myself, I said, Karana. Her black eyes opened wide, and slowly she began to smile. Pesono, no karana, she said. That night I began to make a gift for her in return for the necklace she had given me. At first I thought I would give her a pair of my bone earrings, but remembering that her ears were not pierced, and that I had a basket of abalone shells already flaked into thin discs, I set about making a circulate for her hair. I bored two holes in each of the discs, and using thorns and fine sand, between them, I put 10 olivella shells, which were no larger than the tip of my little finger. I threaded them all together with sinew. I worked five nights on the circlet, and on the fifth day she, when she came, I gave it to her, putting it around her head and tying it in the back. Winchester, she said, hugging me. She was so pleased, I forgot how sore my fingers were from boring the holes into the hard shells. Many times she came to the cave, and then one morning she did not come. I waited for her all that day, and at dusk I left the cave and went to the ledge where I could watch the ravine, fearing that the men had learned that I lived here and would find me. That night I slept on the ledge. The night was cold, with the first wind of winter. Tutok did not return the next day, and I remembered that it was near the time when the Alut hunters would leave. Perhaps they had already gone. That afternoon I went to the headland. I climbed the rock and crawled across it until I could look over the rim. My heart beat loud. The Aleut ship was there, but the men were working on the deck and the canoes were going back and forth. The wind blew hard and a few bales of otter skins lay on the shore, so probably the ship would leave at dawn. It was dark when I got back to the ravine. Since the wind was very cold and I was no longer afraid the Aleuts would find me, I made a fire in the cave and cooked a supper of shellfish and roots. I cooked enough for Rontu and me and for Tutok. I knew Tutok would not come, yet I put her food beside the fire and waited. Once Rontu barked and I thought I heard the sound of footsteps and I went to the opening and listened. I waited a long while and did not eat. Clouds moved from the north covering the cold sky. The wind grew louder and made wild noises in the ravine and at last closed the mouth and at last I closed the mouth of the cave with stones. At dawn I went to the headland. The wind had died. Fog lay over the sea washing against washing the island against Sorry washing against the island in gray waves. I waited a long time for a glimpse of Coral Cove, but finally the sun burned away the fog. The little harbor was deserted. The elute ship with its red beak prow and its red sails had gone. At first, knowing I could now leave the cave and move back to my house in the headland, I was happy. But as I stood there on the high rock looking down at the deserted harbor in the empty sea, I began to think of Tutak I thought of all the times we'd sat in the sun together. I could hear her voice and see her black eyes squinting closed when she laughed. Below me, Rontu was running along the cliff, barking at the screaming gulls. Pelicans were chattering as they fished in the blue water. Far off, I could hear the bellow of a sea elephant. But suddenly, as I thought of Tutok, the island seemed very quiet. And that's the end of the chapter for today. We're quite close to the end. We only have about seven chapters left. Hope you enjoyed it.